Hello, I'm now. My internet address is 169-254-129-162. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you now. This is Think Digital Futures. My name is Shane Anderson, and this episode begins with a rather odd conversation that producer Jason Lequier found himself caught in the middle of. Thanks, Shane. I knew it can be difficult to work with children and animals, but I wasn't prepared for what it was like to interview children and robots. Hello. Can we ask now? Hello. Hi there. Now what is your name? Um, now who are you asking? Hi, my name is Kira. Great. How are you today? I am great, thanks. How are you? I am also fine. Tell me, have you seen a robot before? No, I haven't actually seen a robot like as good as you are. I've tried to build one, but that was terrible, so... <laughs> yeah. Great. What do you think about me? Do you like me? Yes, I really enjoy it. I also that. like you. Today, we oh. will play Space Rider's but... game and learn about <laughs> yeah. a from a new language. Okay, Jason, why is this robot cutting you guys off? This robot is actually called NOW, or Adaptive Social Mobile Agent. And this particular NOW is part of a new program currently being trialled in primary schools in Sydney. It's so normal now for children to have iPads in the classroom and using things like digital whiteboards as teaching aids, but robots seem like totally new territory. Well, not totally new territory, not for kids anyway. Robots have been trialled in classrooms before, but they weren't as advanced as NOW. We have talked on the show before about the need to be teaching digital literacy to kids from kindergarten level, but it's easy to forget that when it actually comes to adapting to new tech, kids are way better at it than us. Yeah, take Kira for example. She's 11 and she already knows how to code. I wanted to find out just how far this can go. What role will social robots like now play in the classroom of the future? And could they be doing a better job than teachers? We'll come back to now later in the show. First, it's not just about robots taking over schools. Automation is changing the way we raise our children on so many levels. Yeah, I was sitting in a meeting a few weeks ago when my colleague leaned over to show me an update on her phone, informing her that her daughter had eaten lunch, played outside, and was taking a nap. She knew this because she'd received a notification on an app. So she's getting notifications basically following her daughter around? In a way, yes. The app is called Explore, and it allows you to see your children's progress in real time while they're in preschool. It does more than this, though. It creates an entire feed and network, an online space that connects parents to their kids, even when they're not in the same place. So Explore is a digital solution for the childcare industry. It connects families, it connects parents, and keeps them connected throughout the day. That's Mark Woodland, CEO of Explore and owner of Woodland Education. Mark used his experience in the childcare industry to develop a platform that he says caters to the needs of both educators and parents. It's a generation shift that we're going through. Um, I think it's super important that we're not romantic about education and we actually drive it forward instead of sitting here saying we've always done it this way so why should we change? I think that's just a reason to change in itself. Basically the app enables parents to get updates throughout the day on their mobile while they're at work. Say you wanted to know if your child is eating enough or has taken a much needed nap, you can find out not only if they ate but what they ate and how long they've slept. That sounds a little bit excessive to me. I mean, why would you want constant updates about what your kid's doing while you're at work? 
Do you remember how traumatic the first day of kindy or primary school was? Remember what it was like to watch your parents walk away and leave you alone at school? I actually do remember that, and it was pretty horrible. Well, imagine how parents feel after leaving a crying child in preschool while they go off to work. That can be pretty difficult for new parents who are dropping their children off for the first time. I mean, it does sound like a difficult situation emotionally, but I want to know if surveillance is really the answer to this. It's almost like we're encouraging parents to be overprotective, which I'm not sure is always a good thing. I asked Nora Zar, a new parent and fellow radio producer at 2SER's On The Money, about what it was like to drop her son off at preschool for the first time. It felt really awful, really awful. It felt like, um, like you're abandoning your child. And um, mm. it's not a good experience because you read and you hear about people saying to you all the time, well, don't have kids if you want to go back to, to work, if you want to, um, you know, if you ha- want to have a career. It's yeah. selfish having a child and then letting someone else look after them. So it took a while for me to actually think, you know what, it would be good for him to interact with other kids and it's good for me to get out of the house. Interact with other adults. <laughs> interact with adults, yeah. yeah. I just felt that I couldn't and I felt I was abandoning him and I was a bad mom and I shouldn't be doing that and I should be there for him until he starts school and make sure that he's developed well. Nor says the first time she enrolled her son in preschool, she spent the morning crying and decided it wasn't the right time. It wasn't until six months later that she decided she was ready. But yeah, we started him when he was three years old. And the first day I dropped him, I said to him bye and I kissed him and he started crying and clinging on. And I thought, yeah. I can't, you know, as, as I let go of him, um, the, I remember the educator telling me, oh, it's OK, it's fine. You can watch him from a screen. <laughs> So apps can help you deal with the emotion of leaving your child in someone else's care for the first time. They can also help administrators, so they're not just a tool to monitor your kids at all times. But Mark says as childcare centres slowly go more digital, apps like Explore can help administrators with their mountain of paperwork. The aim, Mark says, is not just to provide information to parents, but also to assist administrators and early educators with the reporting and admin. Their number one focus is automation and efficiencies. They've got a lot of regulation they have to uh, adhere to, and it is incredibly difficult. So Explore's automating those processes, like signing in and out. Um, It's automating that integration with government. The administration Mark is referring to is required by law. Things like attendance, demographics, enrollment... The Child Care Management System, or CCMS, allows child care centers and schools to integrate with the Department of Education. So basically you're sharing data about children to the Department of Education. Well, we were before, too. The information has an impact on funding of the child care benefit fee reductions. And Mark knows firsthand how to handle the day-to-day administration of a child care center. My mother was a school teacher. She you know, went through, started as a kindergarten teacher, eventually became a school principal. And her passion was teaching. Uh, And so when she retired, she opened up a small childcare centre in Croydon here in Melbourne. And then I was in the army at this point and I was listening to my mum each afternoon. She was telling me some of the struggles she was having in in, with the administration of the service. And I said, look, I'll leave defence and I'll I'll join the family business and I'll do the admin for you so you can focus on on education and let's try and get this business going. So, you know, I I got fed up with the administration and taught myself how to code and, and started writing Explore. Okay, so it helps administrators keep track of required data for funding purposes. But in the end, it all comes back to privacy, right? What does Explore actually do with that data? Privacy is an issue for any app. But Mark assures us that none of the data is used for commercial purposes or advertising. No advertising. We don't sell data. We, we don't advertise on the platform. And that's a commitment we made from day dot. Um, 
so parents are never going to get an ad from anyone. We're not shit selling their data so they can get ads. We just don't do that. And we drew a pretty clear line on that from day dot. I have a lot of questions about childcare apps. I mean, disclaimer, I'm not a parent. But aren't apps like this just encouraging us to scrutinise every move? Well, whether we like it or not, schools and even preschools are becoming more technologized, And that in turn is changing the way we raise our kids. Right, and it's not just apps. It's common now for things like webcams in preschools that allow parents to watch what their kids are up to in real time. There's a huge shift towards technologies of surveillance. Most parents are on board with this. Often you can't always get to see a concert or, you know, them playing sport during the day. So to be able to potentially provide that to parents, is it's something that parents really do value, I believe. This is Damien Marr, a senior lecturer in teacher education at the University of Technology, Sydney. He's also a parent. I mean, I, I remember years ago, and I think my daughter was in preschool, and at the end of the year we got, um, the teacher had taken video and image and put it on a, a CD, and it was just such an amazing um, resource to have of all these, just her time. Damien reckons that childcare apps help parents deal with the anxiety of separation. But he also says that automating childcare doesn't necessarily make things easier for everyone. So while it could potentially help cut down admin, it could also make things a lot more difficult for early childhood educators. With these particular apps is how automated they are because it does place extra demands on either the early childhood educator or the teacher to have to put this stuff in. Adding that to that person's workload then it does take away from other responsibilities. Childcare apps would also be dependent on a parent's access to the technology as well. You need a smartphone, data plan and a childcare centre that does actually have the resources to transition into using the app. Not everyone has these things. Damien says there are a few ways we could potentially get around this. Maybe your roster parents on so they come in and, and take some of the photos and, and you can have websites where you can upload these things too. So again, that's only accessible for people who log in. There are ways around it. Plus, childcare centres can absorb at least some of the cost for parents on lower incomes. But there is a risk that the constant surveillance could be turned against teachers. Basically, while parents are watching their children, they're also able to track everything the educator does. This might make preschools less eager to adopt this tech. So that's the only thing. You know, it's the big brother type thing because, as you can imagine, if, if something happens, then these early childhood teachers will say, well, we don't want this anymore because it's, it's placing our job and us under stress. Is there any part of childcare that can't be automated? Yeah, this is where the crux of the debate lies. A lot of people in the education industry emphasise that there's so much more to learning than knowledge transfer and information uptake. There are limitations to robots and apps because the dynamic of any classroom or childcare centre is different. So we've seen how tech is changing preschools. But what happens once kids move on to big school? After the break, we're going to see how robots will fare in a primary school environment. This is Think Digital Futures. At the start of the show, you heard a kind of strange interaction between a child and a robot. Could this be the future of education? Because it sounded to me like chaos. Yeah, it was, but it is actually the same robot being trialled in schools. They're being slowly introduced to see how kids react to them, and if they actually do help children learn things. This particular trial is being run by Western Sydney University. I think I've actually seen that now robot before. You can buy one for $10,000 from the same company that makes Pepper, a humanoid robot you might be familiar with. And for the record, this isn't artificially intelligent. It hears when you speak, but you can't have a conversation with it. 
The now robot in the school trial is pre-programmed to have that conversation we heard at the beginning of the show. Yeah, in this case by Manib Ahmad. This school trial is his PhD project. He wants to see just how robots like now can help kids learn in school. He was generous enough to bring now into the studio at 2SER so we can see how the kids interact with it. All we had to provide was the children, which is not as weird as it sounds. Hello, my name is Kira, and I'm 11 years old. Hello, I'm Deshaun, and I'm 13 years old. What are your first impressions of the robot? Strange, like, it looks like a stereo, like, the side of his head looks like speakers and buff bars. <laughs> Did you notice that when you said he looked strange, he looked over at you? Yeah. Kind of menacingly? That's creepy. <laughs> I like his eyes, how he blinks, and how his head, like, turns when you talk to him. Yeah? What about just the way that it looks? It looks really amazing, actually, because it's sitting down and how the ways it actually can move and blink just from the sound and movement that you give to it. Is this the first robot that you've seen? Yeah, pretty much. In person? Yeah. 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 Me too, actually, I think. So even though now isn't AI, you're not going to have a chat about politics, even though I tried. Manib says it does pick up on our reactions. Now sees your reactions through a little webcam stand that sits behind it. We have these gesture recognition software installed. Uh, basically detects different kinds of gestures. Like if Kyra is, let's say, smiling at the robot, it would know it is that she's smiling. If she's sad or if she's not depicting any response, like she's acting very neutrally, then the robot basically knows. Now isn't sentient, but it is autonomous. It adapts the learning program based on how the students are responding. In this case, now is programmed to teach kids a language game to improve their memory. This is for you. So um, we start the introduction dialogue. Manip gives Kira a tablet. And then you respond mm-hmm. to now. Yep. And then... Hello, I'm now. Mm-hmm. It's Kira versus now in a game of snakes and ladders. I am happy to see you are showing sportsman spirit. Oh, thank you, that's so nice. I am delighted to see you have a ladder. You are ahead of me and getting close to 100. You look happy and have a snake near 100. It's okay, I am ahead of you. Now teaches her a word. It's my turn. Very supportive. Yeah. The first word we will learn today is Japanese. Japanese. As you can see, it means hi. You can say Japanese to say hi to me. Japanese isn't from any language I know. Manib says this is from a language called Roila. That's the robot interaction language. It's designed to be both easy for robots to communicate with and not too complicated for humans to also learn. Just like a halfway point for robot-human interaction. Jabini? Is that how you say it? I can't help you. I'm going to learn the word. Jabini. Is that what it says? You are most welcome. Now you have to press the arrow button on the tablet. At this point, we realize that you have to press the iPad to continue the game. But now is having some trouble. There are too many people in the room, and the camera is getting confused. No. So we're, are we overwhelming now at the Did moment? Oh, n- not really. It will keep playing, but the obviously okay. uh, the gesture recognition will be flawed. Yeah. Similarly, speech won't work. The the camera is actually looking at multiple Turn faces on. at the moment. The two in behind, ah. then Kyra. Yeah. So it does not know that which face. Yeah, which one to look at. Bottom up. Bottom needs to turn. It doesn't sound like the kids are too put off by this. The kids were really enchanted with the robot which 
also meant that they were paying attention to it. If it can hold a kid's attention, then that's automatically good for education. But I wonder if that will still be the case after the novelty wears off. Well, even when we were having a few troubles with now, the kids were still really engaged and were patient. But at this point, the Wi-Fi was starting to slow down, and now was taking a while to respond. Luckily, Deshaun steps in with a solution. Now would have to use his own network or something just to keep him running, otherwise it'd be slower than this. Because oh, the yeah. school Wi-Fi does tend to drop down sometimes. And the administrators don't regulate that? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. The digital literacy of kids is incredible, but this does raise an interesting question about accessibility. Would a robot like now just end up as an expensive piece of plastic in schools that don't have great Wi-Fi? Manip actually did what Deshaun said. They run now off their own network. But generally speaking, there's a lot of infrastructure involved in getting robots into the classroom, even down to practical things like power boards and tablets. Without access to these, now isn't really going to work well. Okay, so Kira has been learning Royla. How does now know that she's actually taking it in? Well, after snakes and ladders, there's a quiz. It asks Kira what Japanese means. Um, uh, it's not that. I think it's high. <laughs> Looking around for answers. When Kira gets the answer right, Now's eyes change colour and a kind of victory animation flashes up on the tablet. This is correct. You have done really well. Great. And when you get an answer wrong? Okay, what about Bottomer? Oh, this is incorrect. It is fine. Now slouches and looks sad. Maneev says the reactions are specifically designed to form an emotional connection with the student. All these sort of behaviors have an effect on children. And then we are looking at how robot emotional feedback affects their retention of words and how basically they are engaging with them. And the cool thing about now is that the kids did emotionally engage with it. Yeah, how did it make you feel when uh, you got one wrong and the robot slouched? Over? Well, a bit disappointed because mm. to see it sad, but a bit unusual for a robot. To be sad? To, yeah. Or disappointed? Yeah. But did you mm-hmm. actually, did you feel... I felt a bit sorry for him, a bit. I don't know, because... <laughs> sorry for him. Yeah, because he had to, like, go, oh, no. Instead of going, like, oh, you got it wrong, angry and everything, he's actually being kind about it and saying, like, good luck next time and all that. Yeah, he's supportive. Yeah, so supportive. It makes you want to make try him happy. Again. Try hard, yeah. Yeah, I want to try again. So the kids want to get the right answers so the robot doesn't look sad. Yeah, Kira liked when the robot was supportive and was disappointed when it was sad for her. But now as an adaptive robot, so if a different student was a bit more competitive, it would recognize that and would not be as supportive and quicker to act disappointed. This is called reinforcement learning. It's the same kind of algorithms that push deep learning. Yeah, and it's at this stage of the trial where my role ends because the kids basically took over the interview. Do you have to keep trying with the word or will it no, just No, you just stop? get one at yeah, okay. Just one attempt. So we tell children, yeah. don't don't just keep pressing. Just yeah. wait for the robot to speak. Yeah, like where would you leave it if like lunchtime or recess would happen? Like students, if you just left it in the classroom empty-handed, like wouldn't someone nip it or something? Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's a common fear that a lot of kids say teachers should be the one... Uh, handling robot say they should be making sure that nobody's hitting the robot obviously it's a machine at the end of the day we should probably hand over hosting duties to Deshaun and Kira but as our mock trial came to a close I couldn't help but wonder how students interact with educational robots like now once the wow factor is worn off it just doesn't look to me like teachers are going to be replaced by robots the tech isn't there but also it's just hard to artificially recreate the kind of work a teacher actually does in a classroom It got pretty chaotic in the studio just with two kids and one robot. 
How could this work with a whole classroom? Manib says that we should think of robots' role in the classroom as more of a tutor. They work best one-on-one, and they can adapt to particular students' needs. In our trial, Kira did actually get all the answers right. We sabotaged her because we wanted to see what happens when they get it wrong. But actually, she remembered the words. It worked. So tech is taking over the classroom, but it's less of an invasion and more of a gradual creep. We're still testing the waters to see just how automation can help both teachers and students. In some cases, like in preschools, we're still figuring out how to shift into the digital age. There are a bunch of new apps trying to shorten the distance between parent and child. We have to be careful to make sure these don't go too far and turn into surveillance systems. But given how smart Kira and Dashana, I'm pretty confident that despite all our concerns about overwhelming kids with complex technologies, they'll adapt to it a lot faster and probably a lot better than we can. This has been Think Digital Futures. This show is supported by the University of Technology Sydney and 2SCR. For more information and for past episodes, head to 2SCR.com slash think hyphen digital hyphen futures. We're also a podcast, so look us up on your favourite podcast app and tell us what you think. Thanks to producer Jason Lequeer, to Manip for bringing Now into the studio, and to Deshaun and Kira for being our test subjects. I'm Shane Anderson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.